Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. If debit is your go-to card, Discover thinks it's time you get rewarded too. So check out Discover Cashback Debit, a game-changing checking account with cashback on everyday debit card purchases. That's right. Cashback isn't just for credit cards anymore. Whether it's a movie date, flea market find, or midday latte, you can start earning cashback. And did I mention there are no fees, period? Check out transaction eligibility and terms at discover.com slash cashback debit. Discover Bank, member FDIC. From Orange County. I had no idea that was your husband. To New Jersey. I never expected this. Step up, step up. Get behind the scenes and relive the drama. Don't talk to him. He's a little twerk. All of this is unimportant to me. With exclusive interviews and celebrity guests. Let me tell you something right now. This is Getting Real with the Housewives. Hey guys, welcome to Getting Real with the Housewives a Housewives podcast from right here at Us Weekly, where we break down all your latest Housewives news, give you exclusive interviews with your favorite ladies, and dish the dirt on all things Real Housewives related. I'm your host, Christina Garibaldi. This week, we sit down with Real Housewives of OC star Bronwyn Wyndham Burke, who got very candid about her struggle with sobriety, her relationship with her castmates, and what really is the status of her modern marriage. Take a listen. So how is uh, quarantine going with, you know, seven kids? <laughs> that, that was fun. Uh, no, I mean, it, you know what? I'm glad they're back in school. Mm-hmm. I'm glad the nannies are back. I love my housekeeper. I'm grateful that, you know, we have a little normalcy in our life. And honestly, I'm kind of, I like, I like the slower pace a little bit too, you know, yeah. I'm used to it. So yeah, definitely. It's time to reset a little bit. Well, I mean, I've watched the first two episodes of this season and wow, a lot to unpack in just the first two episodes. Um, you know, I want to commend you for being so honest and open about your sobriety. I can't imagine it's not easy. I mean, looking at, at what you're going through or what you were going through, it definitely wasn't easy for you. I would imagine. No, uh, getting sober is hard. The first 90 days were a killer. And I think I might've been talking to you last time. I was still in that first 90 days and trying to keep it to myself. Mm -hmm. And yes, that was definitely hard to be not just getting sober, but getting sober during quarantine. You know, I didn't have a community yet. I didn't have um, mental health meeting or um, community support meetings that I was going to yet. Uh, I eventually did find them on zoom and I did get a mentor, but you know, in the beginning, it was hard. I was alone, just holding on for dear life. Right. I mean, what was that moment where you realized, okay, I need to get help? I was in a hotel room in Miami. I'd been on a four-day bender. I was drinking around the clock, and I couldn't stop. I was shaking. And it wasn't just at that point that I, I didn't want to drink. I had to drink mm-hmm. because withdrawal is painful. Yeah. And I was lying to my husband about how much I was drinking. I was refilling bottles. I was hiding alcohol in my closet. It was bad. It was really, really bad. And I'd done a pretty good job of managing it. At least I thought I did. And then that trip, it was like, this is not manageable anymore. I can't manage this. So I said to Sean, help me. I can't stop drinking. And he literally sat on me because it was so painful to not drink. 
Yeah. It was a really bad, and I don't, and I, and I do want to say this, don't detox on your own. It's very dangerous. I should not have done that. Um, get medical help. You know, detoxing is very real. I did it by myself and that was a mistake, mm-hmm. but you know, it's painful. It's yeah. hard. Did the people, did Sean or friends and family, did people around you realize just how serious your problem was? There was some people that did. Towards the end, I was cutting people out. Yeah. Um, I was surrounding myself with friends that enabled my behavior. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when you're in this job, it's very easy to find fake friends that support you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. There's people that are like, sure, you're fine. You're fine. Um, my real friends, no, they were calling Sean. They were like, she needs help. Mm-hmm. We have to get her into detox. One of my best friends actually called Hogue, their local hospital, and had a bed ready for me. Oh. Um, but then I convinced everyone because, you know, alcoholics are very good at convincing people of things, you know, that I didn't need help. Yeah. Did Sean know? Was he aware? He was aware that I've had a drink. I mean, he's known I'm an alcoholic for, I think I got sober the first time 10 years ago, give or take. So he's known that I've had a problem, but part of the dynamics of our relationship is he's an enabler. Mm-hmm. And we have a very codependent relationship. So while I'm getting sober right now, he's also in his own community support meetings working on his aspect of it because alcoholism is a family disease. It affects everyone. And, you know, especially with couples, there is a dynamics and, you know, we're working on that. Yeah. I mean, we do kind of see in this episode, and I'm sure we're going to see it going forward, that it, it did kind of put a strain on your relationship a little bit because maybe yeah. he just didn't understand how serious it was. I mean, I don't want to read too much into it, but you know, it, it definitely seemed like it put a strain on the relationship. It did. You know, I have been either pregnant, nursing or drinking most of our relationship. And when I'm drinking, I'm very needy. Mm-hmm. I want him to come with me. I want him to pick me up. He would get me out of situations before I got ugly. Mm-hmm. So I needed him. And when I got sober, I didn't need him anymore. And he felt the distance and he felt left behind. And uh, I mean, it's a lot. Getting sober is a lot. It's very hard on a marriage. There's just a lot of things that we've had to uncover therapy with ourselves and each other. Mm -hmm. Um, We do a lot of this on camera. I will say that we filmed as much as we could because I didn't want to minimize that this is a family disease, Mm -hmm. you know? Um, And one of the reasons I was able to stay drunk so long was because Sean, you know, Sean did take care of me. Mm-hmm. So he's working a program. I'm working a program. We both know we have a lot of work to do. I mean, it, did this almost give you a sense of clarity when you kind of come out of this, you know, this haze of everything and you kind of figure out what you need and what you don't need? Is that, is that right? It took a while. I think the first 90 days are just survival. I'm yeah. not going to, I, and I really want people to know that are trying to get sober those first 90 days are hard. They are hard and they are emotional and you feel everything. Um, once I sort of got through that, it was, it was a lot easier. I started to see why I did things, why I reacted the way I did. A lot of my ingrained behaviors that weren't working for me anymore became more apparent. And, you know, with the help of, you know, different group, I was able to take ownership and realize why I was doing the things I I did. You know, for me being an alcoholic and for a lot of people I've talked to, it's drinking is one symptom of a very large problem. I, you know, I'm an alcoholic in every aspect. It's like, I don't have a cup of coffee. I have eight. I don't have one child. I have seven. You know, that's like, (laughs) I have the disease of more Mm -hmm. and I kind of had to figure out why is that? And, um, 
And you know, I haven't said this before, but it was a realization that I had, which was a lot of people have to lose everything to get sober. Mm-hmm. And I had to gain everything yeah. to get sober. Cause I had the family, the job that I've always wanted money in the bank. Like I had everything and I still had this hole inside of me. Mm-hmm. I had everything that I always thought I wanted and I was still empty on the inside. And that's, that's what they call a God size hole. Mm-hmm. And I realized there was nothing externally that was going to fix that hole. I had to do the work myself. I yeah. had to figure it out internally that nothing on the outside was going to make me happy. Mm-hmm. Are you starting to feel fulfilled again? I am so good right now. Like I almost get tears in my eyes with, mm-hmm. with how good things are. You know, I've never been this honest with myself before mm-hmm. and uh, it's nice. That's like, great. Yeah. And, but I mean, I can't imagine, cause you said the first 90 days are like survival mode, but with a camera in your face and, you know, these women who, you know, are prodding probably in your life that you're like, ah, oh, I'm not ready to share all these details with that had to make this even more complicated and even more hard for you. It was, you know, filming was hard cause we, we are told when to show up somewhere. And there was definitely some moments where I knew I shouldn't be going. I knew rationally I should not be going to a party where people are tequila tasting. Right. I knew that, but I had to show up and do my job. Mm-hmm. So that, that was hard. That was hard. But I will say this, the cameras are there for every moment. And you literally follow me to my first community support meeting. You guys walk with me to that door. You don't go in the meeting but you come with me to that first meeting. And I think, I think the raw honesty that you guys are going to see, it's not sugarcoated. Oh, and then she was sober. Life is great. No, no, you guys are in it with me. And you go to that first meeting with me and you see the change and you you see that I lash out. You know, I do lash out. I am not sunshine and roses. You know, there's some, some moments that I'm not proud of, but then you see me realizing why I lash out, taking Mm -hmm. ownership of it. And saying, you know, I'm lashing out at you because there's something lacking in me. And it's, it's a process. And, and I just opened up and said, here, let's do this. Because the last thing I wanted was for someone that's struggling to say, wow, why was that so easy for her? And it's so hard for me. Yeah. And so, you know, when I was talking to my producer. Um, I haven't seen all the episodes. And I'm like, is that the case? And he just starts laughing. He's like, oh, no, no one's going to think this was easy for you. <laughs> I mean, but that's real. Yeah. And, and now here it is. It's almost nine months. And I'm like, things are amazing. So yeah. there is, I don't want to get ahead of myself one day at a time. I'm very grateful. And I know that today is the only day that matters one day at a time today. I am doing amazing. Yeah. Were you tempted at all? I, I would imagine. Cause like you said, you're, you know, you're around tequila tasting. You're going to all these parties. It can't be easy. Yeah. That party at Shannon's house was tough. That was really hard. That mm-hmm. was my, my emotional rock bottom. Um, I had a moment in quarantine that was very bad, very, very bad. Uh, where I had to sit on my hands. I called a girlfriend to come over. Um, I've had some low moments. I've had some very low moments. Yeah. Um, I recorded them all though, even when I was self-filming. So you guys are going to see that. Um, mm-hmm. I will say now though, I don't think I've, and I'm out, like I'm out and about. I still go out with my friends. I haven't craved a sip of alcohol in four or five months. Right. Congrats. No, I don't want to drink. It's so much fun not drinking. I don't understand why I ever did it in the first place. <laughs> Great. Congratulations. That really is, that really is amazing. And I know so many people have questions about, about your marriage, about what's going on. What's the status. I know you said that you both are working separately on yourselves and, you know, 
but do you see yourselves kind of coming back together? I know you've said that this is a modern marriage, so kind of define what this marriage is for you right now. I mean, one of the things that I am blessed with is that I'm not going to worry about the future till it happens. Mm -hmm. I love Sean. Sean loves me. We have every intention of staying together. We are very honest in our communication. There's just some things that I have discovered about myself that I want to explore a little more. Mm -hmm. And he's very supportive. He understands. And, you know, I am living a very authentic life right now. And I've never given myself permission to do that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, like, I'm almost teary-eyed because I'm 42. And there's just parts of me that I never, um, I don't know, I just, I, I, I push down. And mm -hmm. now I'm now, I'm allowing myself to live authentically. And Sean loves me. So he's like, you know what? I love you. I want to embrace this about you. We have every intention of growing old together, um, raising our kids together, but we're realizing that maybe we're going to have to redefine what that means for us. Okay. I mean, what are some of those things that you are kind of realizing about yourself that you maybe suppressed for a while and now are, are able to explore? You know, I, I'm, I want to be kind of careful right now because it's also new. Okay. Um, and I'm kind of keeping it to myself, you know, like it, it's new and special. And, um, but you know, there's, there's someone in my life right now that makes me happy and I smile just thinking about and, um, but I kind of want to protect it right now. I'm not quite ready to, to put it all out there. Okay. Um, everyone in my life that knows me knows what's happening. Um, it, I don't think I've smiled so much, you okay. know, like it's, it's good. It's good. It's, I know if you look at social media, it seems really like crazy, but it, things are really good in our house right now. That's great. So you are exploring other relationships then? I mean, but, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, Sean, but you and Sean are on the same page and you're oak okay, and you guys are good with yeah, that. Yeah, we're good. We're good. You know, there's just a lot of stuff going on in our lives and it's better for us to not live in the same house right now and to give each other space. We're both working our, you know, on ourselves, both in therapy. I want to be the best version of myself. So does he. We have been together 26 years. We're yeah. not throwing that away. You know, like we are family. He's mm -hmm. my best friend. He's my first phone call in the morning, my last phone call at night. You know, I, I love him. I love him. He's my person, but you know, there's just, there's just, yeah, things are good. Good. Are we going to see this play out in the remainder of the season or is this something that yeah. happens after filming? You start to, um, okay. you do, you start to see parts of it. And I, it's not that I'm not going to talk about it. I will. I just want to protect it a little bit longer. Getting Real with the Housewives is proudly sponsored by Nutrisystem. The Nutrisystem is a leader in the weight loss industry, having helped millions of people lose weight over the course of more than 45 years. Do you feel in these times of social distancing and working from home that weight gain has been creeping up on you with all those takeouts and snacks? Let me tell you, you're not the only one. Now this is where Nutrisystem can help and get you back on track. The great thing about Nutrisystem is that it does all the calorie counting for you. The plans are designed by nutrition experts and provide you with the right balance of nutrients and the right amount of calories to help you lose weight safely. Nutrisystem is simple and convenient and it's great getting delicious, filling meals delivered right to your door every week for way less than you would spend on takeout or delivery and it's much healthier. My favorite foods are the deep crust pizza and the chicken noodle soup. And I can assure you that it's a great program for those looking for a complete plan to lose weight and stay healthy. Order Nutrisystem now. Go to Nutrisystem.com backslash Us Weekly to get 50% off. Again, that's Nutrisystem.com slash U-S-W-E-E-K-L-Y to get 50% off. Now, back to the show. What's it been like being home with seven kids living separately? Has that been a big juggling act? 
No, I mean, Sean's there all the time. It's not that he's like, I'm in the Hamptons, he's at home with the kids. It's not that we're not getting along. So that's the thing. There's no contention. We're getting along. He's there all the time. Mm -hmm. He just is, um, him and and our daughter Rowan, our second daughter, there for lots of different reasons right now. There's there's other things going on than just our relationship. um, But it's best for everyone for us to be in different homes. That being said, he's there all the time. He Mm -hmm. comes over for pickup. He's He's there. I mean, if anything, he's, he's still around the kids as much as he was before. It's just he sleeps somewhere else at night. Sure. Has it been hard on the kids or do you guys kind of sit down and kind of understand, uh, explain it to them? Because I'm sure it's a lot for some kids to take in. I don't even know if the little kids notice. Right. Okay. He's, he's there so much. He texts them in at night. Mm-hmm. Um, the little kids, I, I don't know. And, you know, we've always had like a separate place. So I don't think the little kids have any clue of what's going on. Um, if anything, their dad is spending more quality time with them. Mm-hmm. Um, the older kids, they're fine with this because Rowan wants to not, you know, wants a little space right now too. It's important for her. So she likes it. Bella is 20. You know, she's working three jobs right now to move out with her boyfriend. She's ready to do her own life, but she's happy that we're happy. And Jacob's like, whatever. Like, I love you. You're happy. Do you. So that's good. yeah. All right. And then last question. So no divorce in the future. You guys are still committed. No, no. And I know it's hard for people to understand, like they're living in two homes. They must be unhappy. But I guess what I want to say is we're living in two homes because we want to stay married. Mm -hmm. And is this forever? I doubt it. I I mean, my, my gut says no, but I'm going to live today, today, and I'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Yeah. Well, I'm, it seems like you are very happy and in a really good place. So I wish you guys nothing but the best. I think it's fantastic. Thanks. You know, I, I, we'll talk a little bit more about this season. I mean, we do see that you and Gina are kind of right from the beginning at odds this season. Were you kind of expecting that? And, you know, because, you know, we see that uh, she talks about the text message from Sean and, you know, there's a whole, a lot of different layers going on there. Um. I guess I kind of was. Gina's never liked me from the beginning. Mm-hmm. You know, she's always had a perception of me that is based on an idea. She's never really taken the time to get to know me. So, but that happens a lot in our lives. I mean, that's not the first relationship I've had with a woman where they judge me before they get to know me. So I wasn't really surprised. Um, I was saddened that she took something like that text message and made it into something else. You know, that mm-hmm. was, we went to the tea party last year and we all went out after and we were drinking too much. And she was very intoxicated. She couldn't get her own Uber. And so Sean did something nice. He got her an mm-hmm. Uber, got her home, was checking on her to make sure she was safe. And I felt very upset that she took a nice gesture and made it into something else. Yeah. Um, I think because people on the show know that I'm attracted to women, it sort of gives them this sense that they can, I don't know, weaponize it and make me into a predator. And I just, there's something about that that doesn't sit right with me. That when it comes to like, same sex relationships, it's somehow like dirty or inappropriate. And I think more than the text message, it's her weaponizing my sexuality that really got to me. I was like, wow, just because I'm attracted to women doesn't mean that I'm what I'm attracted to all women, you know, or that I would do something like that. Like that's not okay. It's 2020. We can't just make those broad sweeping, you know, proclamations like that like that's not okay that that hurt me the most yeah is that kind of what you guys got come to blows over at Shannon's no. house or does that have to, to do with uh, your sobriety that had to do with my sobriety in her defense she didn't know I was sober okay she hadn't I hadn't told her so she says something to me I'm very shaky she says something to me not knowing I was sober 
Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, it throws me over the edge. Yeah. Do you still think that she made a bad decision moving in with Travis so quickly? Uh, I mean, that was like a year ago that this right. all happened. Like if they moved in now, that would, yeah, back then. I mean, when I heard about it, it I don't, I'm not even sure if she was divorced yet. And we were, I mean, she had just been through this very, you know, um, in the public eye, awful experience. And it was like, whoa, whoa, like this is like, you don't have the best choices sometimes in men. Maybe we need to just take a step back and focus on ourselves and our kids for like a hot second. Mm-hmm. You know, like yeah. it was a lot. I mean, it, that was a, that, from what I've heard, you know, from her and from what we read, like it was pretty traumatic. Yeah, uh, definitely. It's, it definitely seems like it. Were you invited to Kelly's wedding? Oh gosh, no. Yeah. <laughs> no. no, Kelly and I are not speaking. Okay. We are on, you know, we are diametrically opposed in our ideology right now. Um, you know, I believe black lives matter and she believes drunk wives matter. Mm. And that's something that I don't find funny. And I have forgiven her a lot for her big mouth over the years. Oh, that's just Kelly. But now we're at the point where she's attacking people and, um, you know, it's, it's more than I can be around. Yeah. So are you, I, I think I saw in an interview that you said that you are not talking to any of the women, right? That was, I think I did that interview like maybe a week, week and a half ago. And at the time I wasn't. Um, after that came out, uh, Shannon did reach out to me. Okay. And Shannon wrote something very, very sweet um, that I appreciated a lot because I did feel ostracized. Did you? No. When I left the finale, I left speaking to everyone. I had no clue. I'd been very kind. I had filmed with some of my cast, very nice moments. And um, when I found out this all about Kelly, I wasn't surprised about just because of our ideology. Sure. But the rest of the cast, I was like, well, um, I'll probably find out what happened when you did, because I left the finale early. Oh, oh you did? Okay. Yeah. So, so you have no idea why nobody... So did you reach out to people and people just stopped talking to you? Is that what happened? Or I mean... I'm 42. If someone unfollows me on Instagram, I'm not going to ask them why. Like, I don't know why, but that's weird. When people do it to me, I'm like, I don't want to look at your stuff anymore. Like, I don't know. No. Um, I have a guess, you know, Emily and Kelly are both very conservative. They're both Trump supporters. I, I am very vocal on my Instagram about uh, what my beliefs are. And I understand a lot of people don't like that. I mean, I'm sure they're not the only ones that have unfollowed. <laughs> <laughs> but that's gotta be frustrating. I mean, do you feel like some of your friendships or some of the women maybe pulled back because of you going through sobriety? Because, you know, sometimes people don't know how to deal with that or how to handle, you know, sometimes uncomfortable situations. And did you feel that that happened with some of the women? Um, yes, I feel... And I think you see it played out on camera. I think there's some people where it touched a little too close to home. Okay, yeah. What do you, uh, what do you make of the uh, new housewife, Elizabeth? Mm. <laughs> We're just gonna leave it at that? Yeah, I think that's best, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. Did you, I mean, I think I know the answer to this, but did you miss having Tamara and Vicky around at all? Did you feel things were a lot different? I mean, obviously I don't miss having, not having Vicky around. Um, although I've gotten a lot nicer to Vicky because my friend Noella is also friends with her. Okay. So my best friend is, so I've, from her, I've gotten to see a softer side or heard stories. Um, I like, I like Tamara. Tamara and I get along. We still talk. We just went to lunch like a week ago. Mm-hmm. I miss Tamara. I think she's a great housewife. Yeah. Um, I like having her in my life. She's always been a good friend to me. 
whenever I've needed her and she's known about some stuff that's going on in my life and right. she has kept it to herself. So, you know, I, I don't want to put them in the same category. Vicky, you know, is Vicky, Tamra, Tamra. I do miss Tamra. Definitely. Do you still like, now that you've gone through such a hard thing on camera and kind of going to watch this all play out, do you still want to do this? Is it reality TV? It had, did this put like a bad taste in your mouth at all? Because it was so hard going through something like this on camera? You know what? No, I think if reality TV can change with the times, mm -hmm. if it can start depicting women in a better light, if we can actually start tackling the real issues, I think 2020 has changed all of us intrinsically at our core being. I would love to be a part of reality TV for years to come. And I would love for women to be depicted as more as, you know, vapid shopping people that fight. Mm -hmm. You know, I would love to have those real connections, those real human emotions. I would love to see other women admitting, this is hard. Yeah. You know, the human condition is hard. Um, we're all struggling right now. There's no one that's getting through 2020 without something happening. Right. And I, I love the idea, and I've seen it with like Leah on New York. I love that's the right. idea that, that maybe Housewives is pivoting a little bit to be mm -hmm. more indicative of a broader audience. Like we are real people li living real lives. Let's delve into that. Like let's do something amazing right now. And like everything else, 2020 is the year of pivot. So like let's create some great things here. Let's do good things. Let's empower women. You know, let's get a transgender housewife. Let's mix up the cast to show diversity. Like, we have such an amazing platform right now. Let's use it for more than Prada person. Well, Bronwyn, it was such a pleasure speaking with you. I'm so happy that you were in such a good place. And congratulations on nine months sobriety. That is pretty, pretty fantastic. Thank you. Thank you. It's good talking to you. Bye. All right, bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Getting Real with the Housewives. But if you need your Housewives fix before then, head on over to usmagazine.com where we've got you covered.